Welcome to Dreamers to Leaders, Keeping It Real with Melody podcast. Melody is a classic dreamer who started as a flight attendant and worked her way to now a tech fashion trendsetter, thought leader, and dynamic entrepreneur in various industries. This podcast is for the dreamers and doers. Learn how to think, act, and speak big as business leaders share how they turned from dreamers to leaders. Hello, and welcome to the Dreamers to Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Melody. Our guest today is uh, the CEO of CorpNet.com. She is a passionate entrepreneur and a business expert. Her company provides business incorporation and business filing in all 50 states. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Nellie Akel. Hey, Nellie, welcome to the show. Hello, Melody. How are you? I am great. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. It's great to be here today. Thank you. Nice. All right. So, Nelly, share with our audience your backstory on how uh, you started with your amazing company. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for inviting me on to your podcast. A little bit about myself. I'm CEO and founder of CorpNet.com. Our mission at CorpNet is to educate, inspire, and support business professionals and entrepreneurs in business together. And how we do this is by offering the most comprehensive, cost-effective services when it comes to entity formations, filings, compliance services, and payroll and state tax registration filings in all 50 states. We do this by offering a very streamlined solution to our clients and business partners, and we offer the services nationwide. All 50 states, right, Nelly? So how did, um, how did you come about starting this business? What were the challenges? And what was that amazing light bulb that, um, you know, how was that day like? Wow, Melody, you're taking me back ages. Um, <laughs> I, I've been in this industry for, I would say, over 25 plus years now. Um, I entered the industry back in 1997 when the internet was just starting at the, you know, birth stages of the internet. And uh, my husband and I were both uh, law school students and he was getting a D in his corporations class. So he started creating websites and putting up some, you know, study guides about corporations and LLCs on the internet. And then, you know, one thing led to another and we were in our last year in law school and we realized that the entry level salary for a law school graduate wasn't really going to support the type of lifestyle that Phil and I envisioned for ourselves. So he came up with the idea of what about, you know, uh, offering incorporation and LLC filings nationwide to small business owners who can't really afford uh, hiring an attorney or a professional to represent them in, you know, establishing a corporation or LLC. And uh, we put up a one-page website and uh, we got our first client from the state of Oregon. I still remember his name, Tom G. Can't his last name. And uh, one thing led to another. We started from our two-bedroom apartment, grew that business to where it was doing a substantial amount of sales, uh, moved it into our first house, as his basement where we were able to purchase that house with, you know, the 
profits from the business we had started from our two-bedroom apartment. And then slowly but surely, you know, moved the operations into our first office and then became a larger type company. And then fast forward to 2005, we were blessed with the opportunity of being acquired by a publicly traded company and the rest is history. You know, we I got love I love the journey, Nelly. Yeah. So from uh, from being together in college, husband and wife, two bedroom apartment to being acquired, right? Um, so so that's amazing. Being um, you know having that collaboration between you and your spouse, how how is that? How's the dynamic and you know, there's always the two school of thoughts on having your spouse as your business partner. How is that like with you? Yeah. And you know what, I'm going to be simply frank with you. It's not easy and we make it work and simply stated. I mean, the, in a nutshell, it's not easy working with your spouse and for Phil and I, there's just this certain magic that happens between us. We come from two very different schools of thought. Um, and, uh, we make it work. Uh, and I think what the secret ingredient to keeping the marriage spicy and yet being able to work together, I would say is effective communication, putting our egos aside and being respectful of each other's, um, I would say positions within the company. One of the things that we try not to do is uh, work on top of each other. Instead, we work linearly and collaboratively together. And um, it's it's worked for us for many, many years. He's my business partner in all my dealings. And I don't really care to have any other business partner because it's it's that's a whole different ballgame. But, you know, my husband and I, we, we are both only children. Um, we have very, very similar backgrounds when we were growing up and we complement each other. He comes from a very, very strong uh, technical uh, background um, and kind of our visionary, whereas I come from more of a sales operations and marketing background. So it really works and that complements each other and we're able to collaborate and build companies together that ultimately succeed and have been very successful for us, knock on wood. Nice. So there's uh, truly that synergy, right? And complementing each other's strengths and weaknesses. And I, and I agree, you know, with, uh, with the communication, right? Having trust and having that open communication, right? Yeah. And I would say it's not about the facts. It's more about the feelings And making sure, you know, you have clear boundaries, expectations and agreements, you know, with each other, because at the end of the day, it's about expectations and what each party expected from the other. And oftentimes when there uh, is conflict, it's because one party had a different set of expectations than the other. So as long as there's that open line of communication and trust, as you said, along with Um, transparency and effective communication without kind of putting your egos in play. (laughs) So having those clear guidelines and um, maybe the separation of uh, duties and responsibility 
um, would would help with that. So, so taking us back to the time when you found out that this publicly traded company wants to um, to acquire your your company, how how was that experience? Well, to, you know, in all honesty, I I really didn't expect it because we didn't really have an exit strategy with our previous company. We were very young, um, had just started a family and really in love and passionate about the services we were offering because we were helping so many people and creating a solution to so many small business owners who wanted to enter the business world and become their own uh, boss, but yet didn't really know how to get about to doing that. And um, there wasn't really this awareness out there that you could start a business for as little as $99 plus state five fees, you know? So for us, we were really passionate to see how many small business owners we were helping and how many parts we were touching. So how do you put a price on something every day? And, you know, we were approached under the guise of just being a partner with them and becoming a service provider to this publicly traded company. And then once they realized that the company was owned by only my husband and I, and we had literally zero debt, they were, you know, we were a very attractive company for them to acquire. And so the conversations soon turned of just a partnership to one of acquisition. And it was really, really hard for me. I mean, um, I, I really didn't expect it. And then even through the acquisition, it was kind of bittersweet for me because um, it was my first time uh, getting acquired. And I really, you know, I'm one who's, uh, you know, I'm one of those people who gives the benefit of the doubt to the other party. So I took everything at face value. And um, but it did change, you know, after the acquisition, um, I was no longer really the boss and they wanted to change a lot of things. And rightfully so. They paid us very well and we were very blessed with the opportunity. And of course, um, that that was going to happen. But for me, you know, bringing this business into existence. It's like raising a baby and then having your baby taken away from you and having it run by others. It was really bittersweet. For bittersweet, me. right? Yeah. And I actually went through a depression, which I'm very open about. Um, I went through a very, very dark uh, period of my life. And I actually, it came to the point where I couldn't even function because I'm such a A-type personality and alpha dog where I always have to be doing something because as humans, you know, every day, I think one of the number one reasons as to why humans function is because they need to have purpose. And when that purpose was taken away from me, it was really hard for me to function. So I actually um, dabbled in multiple business ventures, one of them, including selling high dye clothing wear out of the back of my S550, which is, it was crazy. And (laughs) laughing at me, like, are you crazy? You bought like so much money for the sale of your company and you're selling clothing out of the back of your car. 
And that's what entrepreneurship is about. And that's what we really call, you know, passionate entrepreneurship is where by you cannot function unless you have this purpose and passion um, for you to look forward to on a daily basis. So you actually um, brought me to uh, to that question on you know, entrepreneurs with everything that they have to juggle and the mental health that they want to, uh, you know, that they have to to take care of, you know, especially with um, with COVID and the stay home and whatnot. And, and couple that with being an entrepreneur with all the challenges that are thrown on your plate. How did you how did you struggle and how did you overcome that mental health issue? So, you know. I want to just, anybody who's listening as an entrepreneur, if you're truly considering going into entrepreneurship for yourself, you're going to fail and life is going to be a struggle and you're going to have to be able to stomach it, you know, because for me, I failed multiple times and I'm sure I'm going to fail again. And, you know, for me, the mindset is, it's the pain and the failure that makes us stronger as humans. Because when, when, when you accept that pain, that's when you're growing. That's when growth happens. And for me, um, I've gone through so many different failures and trials and tribulations, not only with my previous company, but with even my current company. And um, let's take the pandemic. For example, you know, I was sitting in my office headquarters and my director of operations is like, hey, we need to go. We need to shut down. And I was in complete denial about it. Like, I'm not shutting down. And he's like, no, you don't understand. We have to go. You know, they're going to shut us out. And at first it was like, I was in such denial about what was going on. But then when you come into this radical acceptance of what's happening and you accept your present situation, there's this thing that happens. And for me, what happened was I looked at the positive what was happening for us. And of course there's that mindset too. I happen to be that type of person who looks at the silver linings rather uh-huh. than just focusing on the negative. So, you know, for me, it was like, okay, what am I going to do to save all my employees from getting laid off or furloughed? And what do I need to do? I need to think quick, pivot fast. And the beauty and blessings of the pandemic for us was that we went from a 12 person company to now over a hundred person company and more, and we're still growing. And it was because we literally didn't go into, oh my God, panic mode, but it was like more like, what can we do to pivot? And what can we do to become a solution provider to people now in this stage of this national pandemic that's happening in our world? And what we did was we came out with a service where it made um, it made allowing small business owners to be able to operate remotely and be able to hire quickly remote and making the payroll tax registration and remote employment process streamlined and easy. 
for business owners and our partners representing clients, um, you know, easily and so that they can, you know, offer these services, set up payroll tax accounts for their clients or for the business owner quickly and easily without having to do all the legwork or research and having a reputable filing service such as our company do all the legwork. And as a result, you know, we were able to um, pivot from the pandemic and grow rapidly and yet not only maintain our existing workforce, but to grow and offer a ton of people that were out of business um, a job and employment. So it, it really makes me happy to be able to be in that situation where not only I was able to offer a service that was much needed at the time, but to able to offer employment to so many people that were out of work. So Nelly, actually, what you just shared with us is a good summary of what a lot of uh, entrepreneurs um, would advise those that want to be entrepreneurs, where they say success is not final, right? Uh, Failure is not fatal, and courage is what counts. So in your case, you know, it's basically, yes, there's a pandemic. This is a situation, but it's just, you know, forging ahead, right? Yeah. And being yeah. able to to juggle and thinking of a lot of things, you know, employees, the furlough, what are we going to do, how to pivot, all that that goes on. Well, it's so funny that you say this to me, because as you're talking about this, I have this full rush that's going into my body right now, because I'm so energy driven. And um, it's interesting, because just, you know, I, I'm a mother of four. Um, I have a two beautiful twins that are older, uh, 21-year-old twins, boy, girl. I have a 19-year-old and then I have a little 11-year-old girl. So um, I've always wanted to be my own uh, business owner and my own boss because I wanted to have the flexibility of raising my children and not having to work for somebody else and always being available to them. And last night, um, one of um, my son's best friend, has been visiting here from Tennessee and he's struggling really hard. He's struggling immensely. And um, I actually, you know, had a chance to just chat with him and he's like, you know, my, my parents are in Tennessee and, you know, they're visiting here, but he is, you know, convinced he's not going back to Tennessee. And I looked at him and I said, listen, here's the deal is until you accept the fact that whatever your current situation is. And the only way you're going to be able to succeed is by leaning in to whatever pain it is, because he's a 21 year old kid, 21 year olds at this stage in this period of our lives, they are so confused as to what, you know, they want to do. And then coupled with social media and the pressures of social media and all these business influencers and all these kids that are just posting all these glimpses of what they want others to see. So there's a lot of pressure out there. And especially for um, young adults, the, the, the number one leading cause of uh, death is anxiety and um, stress, stress of not knowing what to do, anxiety, depression. So one of the things I was telling him was, hey, you know, you cannot pursue life by saying, hey, I'm going to go into this business because I want to make money. 
It's about going and, you know, expanding your mind and really expanding yourself to whatever it is out there that you're passionate about. Because when you do what you are are passionate about and what you love, the money will ultimately flow. And that that is exactly whatever I would say to my own son and this 21 year old is exactly what I would say to any uh, small business owner or potential entrepreneur out there who wants to go into business for themselves is you cannot do it for the money. Don't do it for the overnight success. Do it because it's going to solve a problem out there. Do it because you believe in the product or service that you're creating or wanting to offer out there. Because when you're passionate about whatever it is you're doing, the money and the success will ultimately will follow. Yes. So with your business, Nelly, you mentioned about five steps on um, on how would be a good way to start a business. What would that be? Do you want to share that? So for anybody, so for anybody who wants to start a business, one of the most exciting things that oftentimes uh, entrepreneurs will do when they come up with that business idea and they want to start the business is that business name. It's so funny. It's like the business name kind of controls the whole uh, conversation when somebody comes up with that amazing business idea. And that business name can actually get us in trouble if we don't take the proper steps to see if that name is available. Because oftentimes what entrepreneurs will do is we'll, they'll think of that right. mm-hmm. and then immediately start, you know, printing up business cards and putting that name on letterheads. Because it's so funny with, with this new age of iPhones and you know, everything we can do digitally, people still like to print up that business card to say like, hey, I'm official, here's my business card, you know. And um, my recommendation is before you, you know, invest the money in printing up letterheads and literature and business cards, check to make sure that name is available. Um, a quick way to do this is to come on to our website. We have a free name search tool. You can check the business name in any state you're planning to conduct your business. Make sure that business name is available and then register that business name. Registering that business name will give you uh, state rights to that name, common law rights to that name, common law rights, first use rights to that name. So that God forbid, if anybody else um, decides to come up with that exact name, you have first rights of use to that name and you can potentially win in a trademark lawsuit against them. Um, that's the first step. Second step, again, once you check that name, register that business name, whether you want to register it by simply feel, you know, filing a fictitious business name at the county recorder's office, or you want to take the next level and set that business entity up as a corporation or LLC. That's the next uh, step. And then once you've got your business foundation, that entity structure all set up, you want to uh, obviously obtain that tax ID number that allows the IRS to uh, verify the transactions for your business, set up the corporate bank account or the business bank account so that you're not commingling personal funds with the business funds. And then make sure you keep that business entity in compliance throughout the lifetime of the business. If you have 
people that you want to hire on payroll and pay them on a paycheck, you definitely want to register the appropriate payroll accounts for state unemployment insurance, for state income tax withholding for the state and within the state that you're planning on paying people on payroll. And then also, if you're charging a sales tax for your product or service, you want to set up the sales and use tax accounts. And then all of this and more can be done by partnering with a reputable company such as our company, Corpnet, which can handle all the research and legwork for you in any of the 50 states. I like how you laid that out, uh, Nelly. So for all our audience out there, truly, it could be a jungle out there. It seems like a maze, right? To, uh, to um, you know, to get from A to, to Z in forming uh, your business from idea to, to conception to, to being reality. But, uh, but you're absolutely right with, with the name, right? Um, a lot. I just actually found out uh, myself that depending on the industry, so let's say in the insurance industry, there are certain terms or certain words that yeah. you cannot use. You're Otherwise, it's a, right. it's a, a right away decline. Right. You so are what absolutely is- right. You are absolutely right. I didn't I'm know so that. Excited. I'm so excited that you brought this up because this is very important. So let's say you are an insurance broker or you're trying to set up an insurance consulting firm or even a bank or, or something like that. There are certain uh, business um, names that words within that business name are prohibited. Prohibited, right? Yes. yes. So- and so especially if you're trying to set up that business as a corporation or an LLC, you cannot um, use certain words as part of the corporate name um, when you're trying to set up a corporation or an LLC in any of the 50 states. And each state's um, listing of what are allowable words and what are prohibitive words vary from state to state. But again, a reputable filing service such as our company, Corpnet, can do all the research for you and can, you know, do all the legwork and do all this research for a business owner when we're filing and submitting the paperwork to the state to effectuate a successful filing and to prevent from the state rejecting um, that, you know, business name for any purpose, such as, you know, a prohibitive word. So imagine, imagine here you are years into investing in your marketing and logos, et cetera, only to find out that you really cannot operate uh, under that name. So, so I agree that would be, um, that would be a good first step. Now, with, um, with incorporating, what would be high level, high level benefits of why one should uh, incorporate or look into incorporation? Simply stated, the main benefit of someone considering to incorporate their business is liability protection and protection of their personal assets. As a corporation or even as an LLC, when you set up a corporation or an LLC, the business owner is shielded from any type of personal liability and their assets are protected because by setting up a corporation or an LLC, you're in effect creating a separate business entity apart 
from the business owner themselves. The business owners would be considered the shareholders of that corporation. And in the case of an LLC, the business owners would be considered the members of that LLC. So by creating this separate legal entity, whether it be a corporation or LLC, the business owners are creating kind of like a bubble around them. And as long as that corporation or LLC is being conducted in accordance with state laws and is kept in compliance with state laws, then God forbid, if there is a lawsuit and there's a judgment that's entered against that corporation or an LLC, then what will happen is that judgment can only be entered against that corporation or LLC. And um, to the extent that that corporation or LLC has any type of assets or funds within the corporate bank account, they cannot pierce the corporate veil and go after the individual business owners that are the shareholders of that corporation or the members of that LLC. So in essence, by incorporating or forming an LLC, the business owners are being shielded from any type of personal liability or, you know, having their assets taken away, whether it be their house, their car, their savings account, their retirement account. Right, right. So that would be number one. So um, shielding and protecting against uh, being liable personally for for any for anything yeah. regarding. I mean, if, if we were to summarize it as far as the main benefits, first and foremost, asset protection, liability protection. Next is added credibility. By putting that INC or LLC after the name, you are more likely to look to be looked upon as a more established entity. You've taken the necessary steps to legalize your business entity. So more often, you'll find that clients and vendors will want to do business with a business entity that is looked upon as an established business entity. So there's added credibility. Um, there's potentially more privacy as a corporation or an LLC. As we know, you know, a lot of the states whereby you can incorporate or form an LLC offer more um, anonymity for the corporate officers and shareholders. So there's added layer of privacy. There's also potential additional tax benefits Mm -hmm. and um, tax deductions that a business owner is able to take as a corporation or an LLC. And also, you know, you're able to establish, you know, a credit, whereas by, you know, operating your business as a sole proprietorship or partnership, the um, ability to establish business credit or attract uh, venture capital or investors, it's less likely um, rather than, you know, as opposed to running your corp, you know, business as a corporation or an LLC. Right. Yeah. So just listening to those benefits, there's truly um, a lot of reasons why one should look into incorporating. Um, I wanted to ask you this, um, although I really wanted to go over some more tips, but when your business, you had like 17 employees at one point and then jumped to to 90, right? What was that? How did you scale that way from, from here to there? What was the main main um, thing that you could attribute? How that happened? So, you know, there, there's this saying that it takes a village to raise kids. Yes. 
And I will say that it takes a village to um, create a great big company and to scale a company. And I cannot take credit for the scaling on my own. I have an amazing director of operations who's been with me and started with me um, at the inception of our company. And um, he's been very critical in assisting us in scaling. And it's because, you know, I feel that, again, you know, everyone has their forte, you know, and one person, in my opinion, cannot be a jack of all trades and do all of those different um, steps effectively and to the best of their ability. Everyone has their, you know, kind of sweet spot as far as what they're okay. really good at. And in my opinion, it, it took a collaborative effort um, between myself and my team to scale. And the way we did that by was by um, coming together as a team and having a plan and making sure that that plan was carried out, you know, and um, talent these days is really hard to find, in my opinion. And it takes it takes a lot of effort to hire talent even though there's a lot of people wanting jobs, um, when, when it gets, you know, when it gets down to it and you're, you know, offering someone employment, you know, what really separates the great from the not so great is how they produce, you know? So it took a lot, you know, of, um, effort for us, a lot of time and a lot of investment to hire the right talent and then bringing the right talent from top down to be able to scale our company. And that's really the key, in my opinion, is that a lot of business owners will hire from bottom up. And I've made that mistake myself. And now I find it and I realize how critical it is in that when you're building and scaling a team to make sure you bring the appropriate leaders um, into the picture first. And it's like a domino effect. You know, when you bring the leadership into, you know, the picture first, then it's so much easier to scale because then you're really, really equipping that leader with your set of expectations as to what you're needing. And then there's multiple people doing the same thing and we're all rowing in the same direction. So you touched on human capital. Um, can we expound on that? How do you attract uh, the right talent? There's, you know, it's a dime a dozen. There's the Googles out there and, um, you know, the other humongous companies that are, you know, seem to be very attractive uh, to the talents out there, maybe uh, SpaceX or, or whatnot, right? So how do you make your company stand out that that um, workers would want to stay and, and work with you? So attraction yeah. and retention of talent. Yeah, so you, you touched on two very important points. And I think these days, um, it's, it's it, you know, you have to have that, the, you know, culture that's very, um, diverse and you have to have this workplace and culture, which as much as like your clients are important, the same amount of importance has to go into your workplace and to your employees. Because at the end of the day, that's 
who's representing you as a company and happy employees means happy clients. And the way Uh we attract and we retain is obviously um, you have to have a very aggressive pay scale because, you know, the best and biggest incentive is how much are you going to pay me, you know, and how are you going to pay me? And then next is what type of benefits? So it's so funny that you bring this up because just this year we went from offering PTO to flexible time away, which is unlimited PTO. So from going from just paid time off according to how many hours that particular employee, you know, works per year, we went to unlimited PTO, flex time away, which is a combination of they get unlimited PTO, plus they get a certain number of days for sick days. And that's the number one thing where we feel it makes us stand out in addition to our health plan, our vision, our dental, our 401k, you know, the immense amount of stipends that we provide to our employees. Because for example, some of our employees are working a hybrid model where they're remote and others are working at headquarters. So we even have a stipend for mental um, health and well-being. We have a stipend for we'll cover your internet fees, you know, because you're working remote. So it all boils down to the number of benefits that you are offering as an employer and making sure that those benefits that you're offering are pretty aggressive out there compared to the others in the job market. And I feel that we stand out for that. Um, Coupled with the fact that we make it a fun work environment. It's a family workplace. Like one of the things about me is I, you know, I say it to my team until today and it's hard when you grow, you know, because you, there's like a hundred people and then there's you. And, you know, so what we do is, you know, one of my goals is I never want an employee to be, um, talk to as a number, you know, everyone here, we need to know their names. So one of the things that we just did this past year at our annual holiday team building was we did a speed dating um, team building. It was a speed meet and greet. And we sat there, literally, my husband, myself, all of the executive uh, team members sat there and all the employees got to come in and ask us questions. And that's what makes employees feel special, knowing that they are thought of and knowing that they're just not a number in the workplace. And I make that very, very, very um, important, important within our company. So so what I'm hearing is uh, make the pay scale competitive, attractive, have the flexibility, make it fun and have, um, you know, diverse um, benefits. Yeah. And make it a little bit of weirdness. Okay. I mean, make it fun, make it weird. But at the end of the day, it's like our mentality is work hard, play hard, you know, and whatever happens in the middle is fine as long as we get our work done. So it's really Mm -hmm. important in my opinion. 
Yes, as long as the results there, right? <laughs> so, uh, so Nelly, for our audience out there who want to learn more about uh, about your company, what's the best way to reach you and to avail of your services? Absolutely. So, for those of you interested in um, learning more about CorpNet and our products and services, you can visit us at www.corpnet.com. You can also pick up the phone and dial one eight 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 four four nine. 2638. Our office hours are from Mondays through Fridays, 7 a.m. until 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And during those hours, we do have live chat tenured experts online that can even assist you through live chat. Again, feel free to visit us at www.corpnet.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Google, on Instagram. Um, at forward slash Nelly A. Kalp. And CorpNet can also be followed at on all the different social mediums on forward slash CorpNet. It's been such a pleasure to be here today with you. I know, same here. Uh, so this concludes our show. We wish you continued success, Nelly. Thank you. And, and let's, um, let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And for all our dreamers out there, Keep believing. You got this. Till next time.